And away we go. This is the BCJ podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail. As always, when you're downtown, when you're at the banks, make sure you are stopping by the Holy Grail, visiting our good friends and our longest sponsor, our title sponsor, the Holy Grail. They will get you taken care of. Great food, great drinks. Make sure you get some uh, some fried Reuben wontons or one of their delicious pizzas and plenty of libations to get you through a Reds game. <laughs> I can't. The Reds are actually a little bit fun to watch. It's not that they're good, but that they're a little bit more fun to watch this year than maybe we expected. Uh, but let's get this show on the road as we get things rolling. It has been a heck of a week. If you even go back to last week with the release of the, the renderings for the indoor practice facility, we now have uh, our own beer, Cincy Light. And uh, we now, Jordan and Nike are, are back. There's a lot to get to this week on the show. And uh, we, we ran into a, a, a former Bearcat, a guy I hadn't seen in a long time. I was really, I was just getting started on the beat when he was, uh, he was quarterbacking the Bearcats and uh, got a chance to catch back up yesterday at Ryan Geist and wanted to take a chance to have him on the show today. So hello to Dave Simone. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hi. I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. And hello to our very special guest, former Bearcats starting quarterback, star basketball player as well at Mason County <laughs> High School, none other than Dustin Grutza. What's going on, Dustin? How are What's you, man? Going, guys? Doing great. It's a good night. It was uh, it was great to see you yesterday, and uh, that was a really cool event. And uh, let's start there. We'll we'll get into your playing days, and uh, you also have a lot of different thoughts on name, image, and likeness, and and where college sports are headed. So we'll get into plenty of that as well. But, but let's start with yesterday. Uh, found out that you were kind of the the linchpin on getting Brian Fox and and Cincy Reigns together with the folks at Ryan Geist. Just uh, Take everybody through what what hand you played in this uh, in this partnership, and and how cool it's been to see it go from hey we should we should do it this way to now it's kind of a, it's a it's a real thing. Hey man, you bring beer and sports together in Cincinnati, and you're gonna have a, <laughs> it's, it's a success. You know <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I can't I can't be the overall culprit of putting that. Uh, combination together through the years but uh you know been around since since uh bearcats you know back 2004 i always tell people i've been here since 2004 which now almost 20 years seems crazy um but you stick around long enough you keep talking to people making friends uh you get to know everyone and i feel like i've stuck around with uc throughout all that i've uh, tried to stay a part of it but and that's led me into Cincy Reigns being on the board. Brian Fox has, uh, you know, obviously been a huge advocate for what's happening with Cincy Reigns. So big shout out to him for all the work. But, man, I got to know the crew at Ryan Geist almost 10 years ago. Actually, at my wedding in 2014, uh, <clears throat> Brian, one of the founders, brought down a keg of truth and a keg of cheetah so that we could have it at our wedding uh, randomly. So I uh, got to know those guys. Um really well and when all this was kind of coming together it seemed like a no-brainer that um we want to put a beer with cincy reigns and you know incorporate this amazing idea that um i'm not sure who like spawned this but uh i was able to come in and say hey i know i know the winning team that we should definitely um you know partner with as cincy reigns and 
uh, we definitely went through the whole process to see how it would work out. A lot of great, you know, breweries and companies in Cincinnati, but, uh, man, Ryan guys took it by the horns and I, I love what they did. I mean, the unveiling yesterday was electric and I think, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of Cincy light drank at the games. We'll see some pyramids of that all over the place. Um, let me uh, let me ask you because I had I had dad duty yesterday afternoon and evening. It was election day in Kentucky, yeah. so the kids were off school and then Tuesday's a volleyball night. So I did not get to uh, to sample. Give us the unbiased opinion oh. of Cincy light. Hold on, hold on. It's not out yet. I know, but they were didn't that what didn't they have it to try yesterday? No, no. no I mean, that was just is, like having Ryan Guy's beer for showing listen, up. We are brand and uh building right now. But what I can tell you is the closest beer to this that Ryan Guy make Ryan Guys makes, they're loggers right now. It's, it's called Cougar, Cheetah, right? Or Cheetah, Cheetah. Cheetah at the craft brewery conference that just happened last week. They the Ryan Geist instead a lot of a lot of these breweries they like prep for this right they make their lager they get ready for each individual contest that's going on for the loggers or whatever it might be. Ryan Geist took a six pack off of their line, entered it into the competition. It won gold. So you have a lager that won gold at Craft Brewery that is now going to make a light lager just yeah. like. It. So, you know, think Coors Banquet to Coors Light, like Ryan guys just won gold with their cheetah. And now they're going to make Cincy Light. Expect great things of quality. I, I love cheetah. That's what I drank yesterday, actually. So I'm, I'm expecting this to be something that everyone's going to love. And <clears throat> I mean, if you're at the games and you're not drinking Cincy Light, are you really a fan? That is what I'm going to ask. Like, are you really a fan? Are you helping support the team uh, that you love so dearly? Dave, Dave's a big fan of beer. Mm -hmm. I am. <laughs> cold, cold beer. That's really my my delineation of, of what I like. Uh, so when you guys are doing this and you're trying to, you know, put this all together, what kind of, like, you know, are there, were there obstacles that came up? You know, what were some of the things that maybe you didn't anticipate having to work through that, uh, you know, obviously we're able to work through, you know, had this big party yesterday and whatnot, but just kind of like take us a little bit behind the scenes of, of the planning and, and what were some things that kind of cropped up as, as the whole thing was going on. Yeah. I'll tell you, I mean, things moved lightning fast. Uh, Ryan guys definitely took the bull by the horns and we did everything we could to try to answer questions, get the information out, figure out like the pricing that we, the price point that we want to hit to be able to sell this beer, the type of beer, um, you know, one of the factors that came in a lot of discussions, of course, is always can the CPAW be a part of the beer? Obviously, that you know, we're not at that point yet. Since he rains, also, we, we don't incorporate the CPAW, although obviously it's a collective uh for the university, but at the same time, you know, we're we're an arm length away, we're we're not connected in that realm, so we do not have the CPAW on anything at this point, but um. I would say that was one of the discussions that kept, you know, can we incorporate this? How does this work? And I think figuring out that part of the process for branding and what we're going to be able to do was one of the hurdles. But overall, I think the team at Ryan Geist knocked it out of the park. Their whole, 
they had a whole basically a bunch of DAP graduates working on this, which was a lot of fun. So uh, by incorporating that, we had uh, UC affiliation all the way around and everybody everybody a part of this project wanted to make it happen. And I think that was a big part of why it was so smooth overall, because um, we weren't looking for like, you know, fighting over little things. It was like, how do we make sure that this happens and how do we hit the deadline of having this ready beer on tap, beer in cans, ready to go game one of the football season this coming year. So how do I know, you know, I actually work a little bit in this on what I do for a living with adult beverage. And so how did they determine whether this was a good play for them based on what their ROI is going to be? Because it's kind of like a test case. They, you know, you know they're going to spend this money, they're going to brew the beer, and then they're going to hope that it sells. Do they use data from other beers that they have done or that or is this kind of just like hey we're going to do this and just kind of see what happens i mean i can't dive deep into the depths of the business and exactly but like just the stuff that you guys talked about where they were like well how much do you think will actually sell is it worth you know kind of that conversation honestly what i think i think this became a golden opportunity to come into the light beer um just market uh, yeah the whole market of light beer where they haven't been in the past and a lot of craft breweries aren't right they don't step into that and so um this became the right partnership um for the right market to jump in there and i think that excited ryan geist uh for the opportunity for what that is something that's a, a little different but at the same time for you know since rains it's like what else do we want what what type of beer are people actually drinking at tailgates before games at the games like it's it was it seemed like the obvious choice for let's make this move and nobody knew i mean maybe ryan guys knew because they have such a great product but the fact that cheetah just had gold at the craft brewery conference is huge and uh i I, you know i don't want to like make light of that that is a big deal for any brewery to do and the fact that that happened and then we're moving into this space it just speaks to the depths of people are going to like this beer it's going to be enjoyable and on top of it you're supporting your city you're supporting the university within your city like how often do you get to do that by you know going out and just having a beer with your friends Let's talk about Cincy Reigns for a second. How, how did you get involved? How did you end up on the board? Just take us through the process of of you kind of ending up in that one of that, that position with uh, with B Fox. Um, I think they're just looking for a goofball who likes to like devote his time to just <laughs> in, in endless things. I don't. I mean, uh, a glutton for punishment. No, I'm just joking. It, it's been great. Brian Brian is after it, as you know. He is a go getter, hustler. And um, honestly, one of our other uh, board members, Alex Apian, who's a part of the football alumni, um, astronaut to be uh, working down there at NASA. So uh, Dave loves arguing with Alex. Oh, yeah. That's great. I mean, (laughs) beware. Um, You know, Alex and I do a lot of different things. (laughs) <laughs> you and Alex have, have, have gone back and forth a time or two. You might not know it's him on the boards. You're exactly you like once. Okay. You, I know exactly who he is. And a fellow <laughs> Vol would never 
No, get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> Alex is great. We love Alex. Yeah, Alex is great. He's he cracks me up. He's he's a hustler too, and honestly, he has driven a lot with the football alumni. And then we've done so much there that I feel like he was like, let's bring Gruta in because um, I'm local and I'm also trying to advocate for the university all the time. So we all three started getting on phone calls and, you know, next thing you know, we're in meetings. We're trying to build this thing out. And Brian really did grab it by the horns and say, I'm going to make sure this happens. It's not going to fall through the cracks. You know, everybody's busy with their jobs. It's really hard to get something like this actually off the ground. Um. You know, you always hope hope that it's going to happen. Everybody can step in and do their part. But overall, this these types of things, if someone does not spearhead it, it falls by the wayside. And UC needed it. I mean, this is going to be, I think, a huge thing for the on, ongoing progress of the program. I think you're going to have um, the ability to bring in great athletes through something like this. And especially the fact that we're doing businesses and having these businesses help to fund this beyond just the donations that, you know, some of our big donors are doing. Um, this is going to be a big part to play in the UC athletics, especially going to the big 12, where there's going to be a lot more money all the time paying these athletes. And I'm not sure everyone's aware with how much of a difference that that's going to be depending on the different conferences you're in. Chop. What's up, brother. Great to see you. Alex is smarter than everyone combined. Chelsea says, let's not get carried away. Sure, he might be an astronaut, uh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> smart dude, whatever. If the moon's even real, let's not even get into oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, <laughs> I'll ask him though, he's got his definite opinions. He, I'm sure he has an opinion on everything. That's that's one of the things we love about Alex. Um, let's let's start, let's get to the, the Dustin Grutza file. Oh, how, how did Cincinnati come to be? I know you uh, you had a great career at Mason County. You had a Mason County was was rolling in the early mid two thousands. The football team was great. I uh, I got to know your football coach a little bit. I covered uh, a couple of your games against my alma mater. Who? Lloyd Memorial High School. Oh no way! Yeah. Oh yeah, we played job over here. So um, I, I got to know your coach, your head coach, pretty well, and uh, and and followed you guys pretty closely in that period. Followed you uh, in basketball as well. Um, it, it, how does a guy from uh, from Mason County, Kentucky, end up in uh, in Cincinnati? Take us through the story. A lot of luck through football, let me tell you. Basketball, first love, and in Maysville, if you're not playing basketball, you're, you're not playing sport. You're, you're yeah, just like, oh, everything. I don't. I, I would recommend if, if you haven't, if you're a basketball nut, if you love basketball, get to Maysville for the yeah. 10th region tournament. Oh, man. It is, it is high school basketball on it, its most entertaining level. It's like a it's little awesome. mini rub down there at the yeah. field house. We got, what is it? Was it almost 6,000? Yeah. In that place when it's fully packed and, they pull out the, the the stage bleachers and everything else. You have to be in line at like two o'clock in the afternoon to get into the the championship game. It's crazy. It's there's more seats than half the town. 
Okay. The <laughs> crazy thing. Like you see the gymnasium and you're like, where's the school out? And it's like this little thing right beside it. <laughs> just yeah. Massive so yeah, everything was basketball and, and that was my life. I mean, we were playing basketball all the time. I had lights and a basketball court outside of like in the backyard, CeeLo, Chris Lofton, uh, you know, one of my best friends through life and I would be out there playing basketball in the middle of summer driving our neighbor. We had to drive our neighbors crazy. As I've gotten older, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> we played <laughs> basketball until midnight. And uh I guess we were good enough as a team that people didn't care and complain. But um yeah, that was a that was uh that was a good time. But yeah, I mean finding my way all the way up to uh Cincinnati was uh quite a crazy ride, honestly. I always thought I was going to UK uh honestly chris and i both did we were like all right you're gonna play basketball i'm gonna go football we're gonna do this we're going we're gonna be wildcats right we're kentucky boys that was just like what you were told from the onset that's what you're gonna do and as things got going we started you know learning a lot more seeing different things and you're looking at who the coaches are all all different aspects and uh actually an old um uk offensive coordinator named Tony Franklin, who's been all yeah. over the country playing all, you know, being yeah. OC and coaching all over the place. The how guy, right? How mummy air raid. Yeah. He uh, came in and helped uh, teach me like drop back and stuff. I was a sprint out only quarterback in high school. I was running the ball, sprint out, throw it. It was like Chuck it know, deep to Chris. Yeah, chuck it. Yeah, run around like literally sprint right, curl back to the left side, like you know, just out athlete people. Like that was your high school sport style, right? You're just trying to, you're just trying to make plays all the time. And uh, he was like, "You need to learn some deeper mechanics on how you're going to, like, what colleges are looking for." So that was a really good uh, learning lesson. Actually, when he was coaching um, the horsemen up in Lexington, yep. he had me come up and sometimes fill in there and like just uh, practice with the guy, just like, you know, fill in, just run, throw some routes and everything with people who are a lot faster than anybody I had on our team. <laughs> like, All right, this is, this is, this is what I have to, you know, step up my level to. So he helped get me uh, going and get tape out. And next thing you know, I'm starting to get offers and Mark D'Antonio comes into uh, Cincinnati, sends out sends down his team and they they offered me pretty quickly and i don't know it just felt right loved uc had had been actually to rick minner's camps for years before that and i'll tell you that another and another truth is i thought chris was also coming we thought we were both coming to uc i thought lofton and i were going to make it happen he's going to be playing for hugs i'm going to be out there hugs have been to you know practices we had seen him we knew i knew hugs well i thought you know, back in the day when football players were coming to play basketball, when Hugs was up there, I was like, hey, Hugs, you know, I can, I can still walk on over here if you're ready. You need a, a point guard coming in. But, uh, no, it, you know, that didn't work out. Chris went to Tennessee, and, you know, he's got his jersey in the rafters now down there. So I think that worked out all right for him. But, were you uh, down there for that? Oh, yeah, of course. That's So, yeah. you know, Dave is a UT alum. I heard you just say that. I did not know that. So you gotta love Lofton. He was well. I so yeah. I graduated right right when he came in, and he was by far my favorite player. You know when he was there. Uh, 
So yeah, it was I I go to one game every year and with some friends that live in Nashville, we uh we go into one game. This year was that game. And then I forget what happened the like the week before I had to I couldn't go and I was cuz that's why we picked that game because they were retiring his uniform. Yeah, against like Kentucky. a couple of the guys are a couple of the guys are a year or two younger than me so like they were in school when he was there. Uh, but yeah, so like that absolutely he was he was my guy when when he was down there. Oh yeah. Still holds three point records. Oh yeah. So do we blame yeah. you for not getting them to Cincinnati? Like who what happened? Like, oh man. There was there was a lot that happened. I you mean didn't get it across the finish line, Cruz. Oh he he listen, he had offers early. Like I, I mean early on we were both holding out for a UK for a, a good while before we made the decision, started looking really talking to other coaches and different things. I mean, early on, you know, and he had offers from, uh, from the UC way back. He had offers early on, but you know, coaches are offering more and more offers and those are getting filled up and he was trying to make room. Hugs wanted Chris. There was a lot of discussion. I know hugs really wanted him. And, uh, I don't know. Chris did a visit down to Tennessee and it was, that was it. He, Tennessee he dropped the bag, Matt said. He didn't, I don't know. I mean, Hugs wanting a guy that could actually shoot from the outside. I mean, that, you know, I don't know about that. Well, Hugs <laughs> is notorious for, for having one guy. Like, he would always, on every, like, Lazelle, Field, you know, uh, Bobbitt, he, he always had one guy that could shoot. Maybe, maybe he already had one on that roster, and he's like, I can't have two. <laughs> you didn't want that problem. Yeah, can't have too many guys that could shoot from 25 feet. Oh, man. Oh, that's great. But uh, you get here. Um, how easy was it to beat out Tony Pike for <laughs> however many years that you did? Hey, Tony, Tony started out as a gray shirt, so he was um, – which was a, a whole new thing at that that era. Like, you know, you're not going to truly practice and be a part of the team. Um, I mean, you are, but you're like, you know, almost like an arm's length away. You can't do full courses. You're kind of practicing, but there's no way, you know, you're playing your kind of next season's um, class, right? You're, you're part of the next class. And, uh, no, I mean, Tony was <laughs> – Tony was in there, man. Tony and I were the same year. We we were together for for so long, uh, playing there. And uh, man, did things work out just like in the right way? Um, definitely, you know. Tony, Tony obviously had an amazing career, um, but yeah, I I would say we fought it out for years. I was fighting some some other great quarterbacks from like Davila as well. Yeah. Um, coming in there. So who had who has had an amazing career. It's kind of crazy to think of all the different quarterbacks from the time I first started between that were in our quarterback room. Um, you know, when I first started, Gino was in there. And then after that, you've had uh Calaris, who's gonna be a Hall of Famer up in Canada. Yeah, you had Pike, obviously, you know, you see star stud uh forever um bearcat and then in our meeting room was also travis kelsey 
and uh, trying to keep him straight in those early years when he was in there and <laughs> Jason being my center and Travis being in there in the quarterback room and as a freshman and being like, Travis, look, we, we got to make all this work or, you know, <laughs> stay with us. let's get after it. Let, you know, we're going to need you. You are a like predominant athlete out here. We need you. Thanks. So that was great. Um, okay. There's a name you didn't mention there that I know you've got 30 great stories about. Give me your best Craig Carey story. Oh man, Craig! Listen, <laughs> Craig and I still chat. Yeah, I mean, great quarterback. Uh, Craig is. Craig, Craig's a friend of mine. I love busting. Oh boys. god, I got so many Craig. Craig. Listen, Craig was also my roommate, so I have known him. Like, I've seen him and his wife, like from the onset, getting to know each other, and that whole relationship blow up. But Craig. I'll tell you what, people at Elder can teach you how to drink beer is the way <laughs> what they're doing. And so I expect a lot of I, I expect a lot of Cincy Light to be drank on the West Side. Look, nothing else. They legitimately have college tailgates at Elder High School. Like I, believe I, I once saw I won't mention his name, but I once saw a local TV sports reporter try to get into the like the the private parking lot at Elder. Because they were doing like a pregame thing, and like he tried to get in without the like the you do not enter if you don't have a pass, and he was like, I heard him. Do you know who I am? And the guy at the gate was like, I don't care who you are. Like <laughs> these spots are all taken, and you don't have a pass. You get to park, and he like you could see him jogging down the sidewalk to get to his TV hit. That's how serious an elder they take tailgating. Like, if you don't have a pass, you don't get into the parking lot to tailgate with that group. Yeah, so I still have never been over there to the pit. I need to get, like... Like, what you need to do, and I'm sure Craig can hook you up, the best place to go is the... You know there's, like, a, a house that has, like, a giant deck at the back of their property that overlooks the pit. And like that's just they own the the people that own the house. Nobody lives there. What? That nobody lives there. They just that's where everybody goes to drink and watch the elder games, like that's from hilarious. these people's backyard from this built-in deck that's like overlooks the pit. Man, this sounds like Green Bay. Have you ever been up to uh, Green Bay Packers games? I've been. Yeah. I've been to the stadium. I haven't been to a game, but yeah, I mean, it's like literally in the middle of. A neighborhood. Uh, neighborhood where the houses were all built in like the yeah. 50s and 60s and you you can't watch a game but the tailgate scene literally across the street from the stadium is unbelievable but that reminds me of it, it sounds so similar no i i do need to go um, next big game i'll reach out to craig i need to it's always a good catch up with mr carry actually hilarious. was in the quarterback room also with his brother random yeah so. not as much of a character as craig though no, not as loud as Craig. I would right. say Colin is still a character. He is sure just he is. quiet and like um it's a little drier humor, but man, he's gonna <laughs> man, he will have you laughing in that room. I, I Craig and I go way back and have, have always had a great relationship and love love Craig. Um how close were you to walking on the basketball team? Was it was it ever like something that almost happened? <laughs> No, it didn't almost. I mean, 
Uh, I had scholarships to go actually play other places, but as far as at UC, when uh, when they put the call out, and that's when Connor Barwin went and played, um, yeah. and all that happened, <laughs> I talked to Coach D, and I was like, "Hey, Coach, I think I'm going to go over there for that tryout," and he's like, "No, you're not. That is not <laughs> happening, Dustin. There is no chance you were going to we're going to have the starting quarterback also playing." basketball at this university so um i didn't get that that wasn't really ever an option uh from coach d but uh i don't i don't regret that i, I understood completely and knew i need to be working with my receivers in the offseason if we really wanted to do something how great was marty gillian <laughs> marty listen marty had talent like you would not believe what a what like the closest thing I know to Ocho Cinco in the college ranks was Marty Gilliard, like just like wild, telling stories, loving everyone, loving where like just the outlet that that was for his personality to be in front of people to also be going. I mean, he was at all types of um, charity events doing all that he could, but he just loved being in the spotlight he worked his butt off to be as good as he was. But man, he was fast. I'll tell you, there were there were some receivers that were just excellent. Knew uh, he was amazing. Obviously, Goody. You know, Goody was my probably top receiver the whole time I was there. Um, but what people often don't know is there are so many guys on the team, and they used to joke and say, you know, these guys like just can't get it right, right? Just cannot get, get right. Yep. Trades can't get whatever. But some some just athletes that were insane that I'm like, please figure this out. We need you on the field. <laughs> you have so much talent. But uh, I don't know. That's the game. Dave. Actually, I, I used to play flag football with Goody. So um, that, that was in his, his twilight. But I'm uh, I wasn't a part of that. I played flag football with Goody as well out there. They quit letting me play. They wouldn't let me play quarterback. I had to play receiver. We were up at River's Edge, and he was he was playing with us up at River's Edge. So yeah, he was. He was will always be out there. He's calling today, asking to get out and play some. Oh, play. I don't doubt that for a second. No, no. The, the biggest hands, other than Coriante to Barry, the biggest <laughs> hands you've ever seen. Yeah. Just throw it in his general direction, and he's going to catch it. It's true. It's so what, true. What? Uh, just let's go back a little bit into the actual on the field stuff. What games? You know, stick out to you whether it was the way you played, whether it was just something that happened, you know, kind of in the locker room, or like what are you, what are a couple of your biggest games that you still look back on, or when you guys get all together, you you talk about the most. Man, um, one of the games we'll always talk about the most is the Hawaii game uh, when I came back in. Pike wasn't feeling the best, uh, you know, last game senior year. I was coming off of a you know dislocated ankle and broken leg the fact that i was even trying to play was um kind of crazy and i was able to come in there when we were down uh make that uh make that toss to marty Mar hit marty uh you know spread it sprint out of the pocket hit marty on a, like a, a change up like uh he basically outed uh what was i think a post hit him on that and he made a move and we scored and you know Next thing you know, we, we beat Hawaii and we may have already had that BCS bowl bid coming, but that like solidified us getting into the Orange Bowl that year. So that was a big one. And that same year for me, the, that and Louisville, when I wasn't supposed to go in, 
when uh, um, I was, that was early. I, I don't even know how many weeks after my injury. I definitely was not supposed to go in. I don't think I was fully cleared, but um, Pike was going out and we were about to put a freshman in down seven at Louisville for the keg and nails on my senior year. And uh, there was just no way I was going to let that happen. Ended up going in there. You know, we ran the ball a lot. I think I got Goody on a couple good slants uh, to get us down the field. We scored the winning touchdown. And, you know, that was that was all that year when we had – I started the season. Pike came in. We had Chaz Anderson play some. Players played. Back to Pike. I came in two other games, and we make it to the Orange Bowl. Like, Yeah, what was the – well, I mean, what, what is that? Like, at, at Akron or at Toledo – it was at a Mac school that Chaz came in there – you guys had, and that kind of started a about a decade straight of UC never making it through a season with one quarterback, like right. one or two that, or three. It felt yeah, like the year that you got against Oklahoma, right? Like I think yeah. you played four quarterbacks that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until Des, I think, there was literally about ten straight years. Did you guys ever just talk about how, like, how can we be so snake bit where the just the quarterbacks are getting hurts like on on kind of freak plays like not not you know not typical run-of-the-mill injuries i mean you're getting broken legs and broken arms and stuff that doesn't happen typically i mean we didn't know what to think it was just everyone's just hoping they're not getting hurt we're like in the quarterback room it's like i guess everyone be ready like i don't know what's going to happen next just uh stay after but yeah, I continued. I remember someone had a similar injury to injury to me um, later on, and it was just a it was a continuation. I just feel like you know we're playing up in some some in the league, and it's just always how do you protect yourself? The types of offense we are running, you know, you're going to have injuries, but I feel like we all needed to learn to slide. <laughs> I got I got in a lot of trouble for that. Listen, I had you know plenty of injuries. You weren't a baseball guy. You were a basketball guy. I know, but I, I hated the slide. I just like, you know, it just, I don't know. It felt against the, against the sport, but looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I slid a lot more. My body would be <laughs> happy with me now. How much of a shock to the system? Oh, okay, sorry. go ahead. Sorry. If go you didn't ahead. get hurt against Oklahoma, do you think you guys would have won? Yeah, of course. What do you Because Mar- Marty had one of the <laughs> most the most absurd games ever. Uh, I still remember. So I don't I mean somebody made it. It's on YouTube. His highlight video from that game is set to the the Roy Jones Jr. when he cut when he was boxing when he would come no out. Way. Yes, and he, when he had the three kickoff, like it's one of uh, the most uh, insane highlight videos. What he did that game, man. He had three kickoff returns for touchdowns, and I think two receiving touchdowns or something oh, like that. I mean. There were just a few th- – I mean, we needed to – obviously, there were some changes that needed to be made, but uh, I, f- I felt like we had a real chance. I th- felt like we were in such a battle and playing so hard, and that was just – man, I'll never forget that happening and, like, all the things that went through my head. And the – because, like, as a quarterback, like, that that's, that's what's so much fun, right? You're playing this chess game, and everything is happening like this. You're making decisions as fast as you can imagine. And then all of a sudden, the pocket collapses. You got three monsters on you. I'm thinking, get down, try to get down. Like, you you know, not trying to get hurt, right? You know, I got three guys on me. There's no way I'm getting out of this. 
And instead of like fighting against it, I'm thinking try to go down. My foot got stuck in the ground and just torqued out, man. And just everything ripped, right? It's like that quick. And I always look back and I'm like, that's why you fight every single second when you're out there. You just keep pushing against it. And, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, you know, it's hard to say. We were down, what were we down at that point? Like 17, 14? It was, yeah, it was, it was like every time, I mean, it would be like they'd score. Big, they big plays like that. They'd score, time. he'd take the kickoff back for a touchdown, then they'd score. Like, it never, you know, it was always a little bit out of reach. So I might be like a little exaggerating, you know, could we have won? But like, they, I think they did not realize, like, didn't think that we could score that much or that he was that type of a, of a dude. No, they definitely didn't think we were going to be that. But I'll tell you. In the trenches, the size of their line was massive. Oh, I, yeah. I think they had, like, I, Tommy, I Harris, that, Tommy like, Harris and oh my God, Justin Dvorak, like, dudes that played 10 years in the NFL defensive yeah, line. And- everywhere. On the defensive line, I think four of their five were drafted that year on the offensive line as well. I mean, that was – I think that was the biggest challenge of that game. We had – I think – I think we – equalized to them in a lot of places but i just think they had i mean they had like you said 10-year starters in the nfl and all those positions and we held our own but it was a it was a rough battle how much of a shock to the system was brian kelly oh man like (laughs) antonio is is one personality brian kelly is a different personality what was it like early in that transition as as you went from like Man. You know, a, kind of a, a a hard ass, but you know, D'Antonio was kind of like this, and BK was it was like family. It was family. <laughs> what is family? Or Man. or the exact or the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Mark was um, your players' coach, right? Something happens, go home, take care of your family, do all that type of stuff. You know, he's he is for you. It felt very much like he's a member of your family. Um, was a large part of why I actually chose to go to UC and different things. And um, I had already been, you know, starting two years. D'Antonio comes in, or I'm sorry, Kelly comes in, and I felt like he was just, he was cutting the legs out. You know, if you were, if you were one of D'Antonio's guys, get out of here. I mean, we, he and I did not agree on a lot of things early on. I mean, I was just, I was, I was trying to do my best, but I felt like this dude just hates me. There's nothing I can do to win. And um, I feel like that battled out for the next year. And I mean, Ben came in and Ben couldn't fully throw at first. And, you know, he ended up starting and having a great, great year. Like Ben did great for us. Um, my junior season. Talk about a big personality. Oh yeah, Ben Ben's wild. He comes in and you know, Kelly ends up bringing me in his office and he's like, you know, I'm I like Ben Swag. I've known you know I've known him all this different stuff and you know in my head I'm like he hasn't even been able to fully practice. He's been injured. Like he's got how, a robot arm. Yeah, he, I mean he really. I mean he's going through a lot. He's just out, out of surgery and all the different things. And um, you know I, my goal was I'm going to stay after. I'm going to keep training as hard as I could. I ran after every practice. You, didn't, you don't get as many reps, right? You run the twos. So I'd run after every practice. I'd stay in shape, do all the different things. I was like, I'm going to keep getting better. Vince here for one year. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. We didn't have a transfer portal either. Don't know if I would have done it like ever, but because uh, I was like Bearcat, like, you know, 
till I die. I felt like that was like where my head was at, but I was like, I'm going to play again. That is going to happen. And, um, you know, I got to play that season a couple of times when Ben was hurt, but, uh, I feel like that won some respect with Brian. And by the time senior year came is like, you got the keys to the Cadillac. Hope you're ready. Let's do this. You know? And we're like on the same page, we're going to make this happen. Um, I didn't, I didn't feel like I ever had to look over to the side, you know, do the clap for the, and then look for the play. He was giving me like three or four plays to go, you know, I trust you. And, um, I was excited about that. And, you know, two, two games in my career is basically over. So, uh, that was, that was a wild time, but man, Brian came in with an energy and a want to succeed that was like, you're going to follow him. If you're not, get out. Like, you're you're a part of this or get the hell out of here because I am going to win. I know how to win. I'm going to have the the entire community behind me. Um, actually, in, like, my life of, like, entrepreneurship, I've told people I learned a lot from Brian Kelly. I saw how he was able to engage a crowd, win, a, you know, win, have a commitment to what, what he was talking about, why he – like people should be a part of it and engage them and bring them in. He had a whole way of selling his game plans to our team to believe in him, to believe in the next man in concept. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I think he built a winning formula around that. Now as a player, it's tough because it's like, you know, next man in like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you're all just expendable. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a little tough on that side. And that's why I say like, D'Antonio is much more of a player's coach and like cared and super, like had a lot of six, you know, D'Antonio did great. And then he left, you know, he left us. That was a, that was a big moment. Had 20 guys in my room trying to figure out what, what do we do? We saw it on the bottom line. It's a crazy, crazy change, but um, you know, I still feel like, UC has continuously had coaches that have excelled and gone on. You know, we just lost Luke, and but Satterfield's coming in here and hopefully going to take this program and just run with it. The potential that we have at UC is just so high, and I've, I've talked to their staff. I've heard them. They are all about it and believe the same. They're like, the potential here at UC, we haven't met it fully, and we've had the success that we have had. So that should tell you a lot about where they think we can take this. How pissed off were you when they they moved Connor to defensive end? Oh God, man, he was so pissed. good at tight end. Like, cracked it my ended room. up being the best move, but he was so good at tight end. Listen, you want to hear a funny story? We were we were we had we were at camp. We're talking to scouts, you know. At this point, before season, you're talking to scouts, and they're telling you where they think they're going to draft you, right? Whether it's you know yeah. you're talking to all these different guys, you're like, oh man, you do it. What you know, we think you're going to do this year. All this is happening. So we're out there and we're going to go live for like five plays. Brian's like, all right, we're going to go live for five plays. I drop back. He's coming. He's on my backside. I don't know who he beat on our line. I couldn't tell you right now, but I'm back there. And I step up to throw a, like a, what we call the bang route, like a quick post, like a five-step post, almost like a deep slant. Yeah. And as I'm throwing it, Connor's diving through my ribs. This is like three weeks before our first game. I, I mean, he's just like, like, I just fly and like land. And I, I got bruised ribs the rest of the week. I get like, they take me out the rest of that practice. I'm, I'm just hanging out with the scout now, just over there talking with him. Like, 
Yeah, Connor's obviously he's a beast. Good. He's in the right <laughs> position now. Y'all should try to get him. I don't know. Like he just tried to kill me. <laughs> he was a freak. Like I, I always, I always said, like when you when you talk about the difference between football and basketball, Connor looked like a monster on a football field. Like just muscles on muscles and athleticism, and and then you put him on the basketball court, and they had him guarding like Greg Oden, and he looked like. Like he was 5'8. <laughs> he looks like, small, right? <laughs> a 6'4, 245, 250, yeah. whatever is looking like small. a beast of a human being. And he and he looked like, but the great thing I loved about Connor when he played basketball is those dudes did not bully him. They did not, they couldn't oh, move him. Yeah, they used just, to get so frustrated because they're like, I'm so much bigger than this dude, and I can't get to my spot because he's just an animal. He is. And listen, Connor, Connor is a freak. He is a freak of nature. I've told him that for years. We were roommates for a little bit. And I'll never forget. We're, we're about to like watch TV. I don't know, just hang on the couch for a little bit, grabbing snacks. And the guy had bought, you know, went into the grocery store. He comes out, he takes a whole thing of spinach, tosses it into a bowl. I, I, I don't think there was any fruit, anything else. And he goes and sits on the couch to watch TV and is Popeye in it, just Popeye in it, eating spinach. I was like, <laughs> of course you're a freak. Like, who does this? Like, I, I, at that point, once again, I'm already like a senior. I'm like, all right, I didn't know what I didn't know. I should have been just like sitting on the couch eating spinach the last five years of my life. How legendary really were Connor and Jason throwing back a couple what should have back in those days been since he lights i've heard i've heard stories that connor would have you know a six-pack gone in in 15 minutes and not even blink oh no he's roommates with craig you tell me yeah good point. Good point. yeah so, <laughs> listen yeah i feel like there there's there was a lot of beers in the offseason drank pretty solidly by the boys and uh could do, go down quick and man, the amount of stories we have. I mean, we had a what I called the football house back then where we had we have seven guys living in, under one roof. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm and Travis back. sleeping on a floor somewhere. <laughs> one of the Kelsey's sleeping on the floor for sure. Like I don't know which one sometimes. Oh man. How cool has it been to see those two become like That's they're both gonna be first good. first ballot hall of famers? They're now yeah, Travis is going to be the best tight end in the history of football, and I think you're going to be able to make an argument that Jason is the best center in the history of football. He's had a, I mean, longer, yeah. better first ballot Hall of Famers, both of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable how all that worked out. Um, a lot of dedication. I, I think their brotherhood and their like uh, competitive spirit, but also where they're there for each other all the way through, was really strong. Um, I mean, watching. Listen, I saw Jason go from a linebacker. To center, I was a part. Like I remember, used to point out, you know, Mike pointing over uh, at him, and the next thing I know, he's gaining weight. He's like, I'm gonna be a center, and next thing you know, he's my center. Like you know, I watched that transformation. It was amazing. So those guys, they dedicated to it. They worked their ass off, and honestly, deserve every bit of it. I think it's hilarious that their mom's in the Hall of Fame before them. That's probably the best thing that could have happened. But. Uh, I mean, they'll be right there. Both of them, Hall of Famers, arguably the best at their positions ever. And the fact that they both came from UC, 
pretty amazing story and speaks to the depth of like, I, I think the brotherhood of UC, like I, I would consider both those guys like brothers to me, if they come in, if they want to stay in my house, it'd be fine. Like I, I saw mm-hmm. Travis last year at the alumni outing. We had a great time. So I mean, it's just, I think there's, there's, there's a grittiness to UC that's just like feels so normal in life that everyone, no matter what, gets along and like fights for each other. And I think that's a lot of probably programs and football teams in general, but man, did I feel close with the guys on our team. And anytime I see them, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's so exciting, especially you see somebody that you haven't seen in 10, 15 years. I saw Bradley Gladhart. I bet it'd been 10 years since I'd seen him. And, uh, you there's know, a blast from the past. there's a blast from the past, right? Another elder boy, but, uh, yeah. You know, you, you run into these guys every now and then, and it's just, um, uh, it's always a pleasure. You just, you know that, uh, I don't know, sharing those stories, they go way back. The locker room stories and, you know, <clears throat> wrestling matches of uh, who, which class is the best class. Oh, my goodness. They go on and on. Were you, were you there for the helmet incident? How far did Jason really throw the helmet up the stands if you were oh. there? Oh, man. Did he almost make it to Shank? That's the story. Is he almost made it to Shank Pavilion with the with the helmet? Listen, <laughs> I don't know. I, I remember some stories from there. I remember girlfriends running down about to like beat a player's ass because whatever incident they had prior. I mean, there there's so many things that have happened. Uh, we used to do our five a.m. workouts, and one of our guys had to use the restroom and would not quit just would not quit that was a that was a memory that will never be forgotten of uh you know just not making it you know he didn't make it no he didn't make it but, you remember uh, madden from from way back in the day uh, he, yeah. didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, he, didn't, he didn't make it but uh you know you got you got stories like that that stand the test of time with your boys that everyone remembers um that, that's what you know as they say keeps you young when you when you go back and see all your yeah. all your fellow teammates all right we've kept you on here way too long we'll, we'll have you back and we'll do the nil thing i know you got a yeah we really uh, really touched on it we yeah we, we we'll get back to that at some other time but it, you've been awesome man it's been great catching up and and sharing some stories and talking about the old days and uh, we'll have you back right around when uh, when the when it actually launches. Hey man, I'm I'm trying to have that first dollar ready. I'm trying to pay for that first beer if they if they let. Yeah. Me. So we'll all yeah. three. Sounds we'll good. all three pop a top. Yeah. And, and give our uh, right. reviews on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can do beer review on the podcast. That'd be great. Yes, that's a plan. All right, we appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, Dustin. Hi guys, you've been awesome. Thank you. and, uh, It's great catching up. Thanks, yeah, man. Same. Cheers. All right, there you go, Dustin Grutza. Former Cincinnati starting quarterback, we could have gone three hours. <laughs> well, you you could have gone three hours. I know. I had a lot. To, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would have left after two. Yeah, that's right. At two, you would have quit. But <laughs> that dude, you know, it's one of those guys that was there for the beginning of all of this. Like, yeah, he, he was one of the 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 pioneers of this, and was a starting quarterback so many times throughout Antonio and BK and played a part in the, the orange bowl year and, and, and bringing this thing, you know, back to, or bringing this thing, not even back to really, but into the forefront of college football. So I knew, 
I knew when I saw him yesterday, I was like, we got to have him on tomorrow night. We have to. Like, it, it, it won't. It, we won't be doing our listeners justice if we don't have Dustin on tonight. Hey, to, this, to catch up. I mean, of course, there is a. We we joke that there's like you know we always wonder what are we going to talk about. We we always figure it out. There is a insane amount of things to discuss currently, but this is usually the time where we're like where I'm calling you and be like. Got any guests we can have because uh, <laughs> what are we going to talk about for a couple hours and and so yeah it's it's never it just happens to coincide with a couple week period where there's like a million things and we're going to have to do rapid fire for the rest of the show because I don't feel like being on here till midnight. I still have no idea what we talked about for two hours on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, and that was before all the news dropped. You know what I mean, like crazy yeah well we had a we knew about cincy light we just couldn't really talk about it yet (laughs) we've known about we've known about nike and jordan for months months months. yeah we talk about it yet now we can what hooray all right so where do you want to start i where wherever just just go at this point (laughs) You want to let's uh let's before we before we really get into the other stuff let's uh let's do Bearcat of the week. All right. Did you get any nom- have, um, did you get any nominations? We we have multiple nominations that okay. I think are Excellent. are fairly interesting. Okay. So let's uh let's start with the ad. Team ticker. See it right there. It's awesome. Right now it is rolling through the UC football schedule. Uh, for this upcoming season, it's about six minutes, Dave. Like it gives you six minutes of information before it loops. Yeah, before it loops back. So I mean, did the golf scores show up today? Um, they <laughs> had they had golf on there earlier. I don't know if they updated the final, but they had the the information through cool. yesterday. Nice. So they, you know. You see ditching Under Armour for Nike, Kentucky offensive lineman DeAndre Buford transfers to UC, groundbreaking for new practice facility, 528. Like you get everything that's happening right there on your team ticker in your man cave or your office or, or wherever you want to put it. It's it's really, really cool stuff. Teamticker.com uh, through the weekend or through, I think, through Memorial Day weekend, they are offering uh, 50 bucks off. So instead of $299, you can get it for $249. Uh, just go to teamticker.com and uh, get yourself one of the coolest pieces of, of UC uh, memorabilia you can get. It is, it is a great addition to any room. It livens up right here. It, it does a great job in the background that Aaron has with, uh, with a lot of stuff going on, a lot of different uh, pieces of memorabilia. And right in the center, front and center, you've got the team ticker. Uh, so it's very, very cool. So go get you one teamticker.com 50 bucks off through the holiday weekend. All right, let's, uh, let's go through here, Dave. Um, so we have Sam Jean, the medalist for golf. We have Brian Fox. Yes. Nominated for the outstanding work at Cincy Reigns. Uh, we have Mudani Shatters who broke the UC shot put record and uh, was the AAC champion in the shot put. 
Did he break it or did he shatter that record? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the yeah. what was the old record. I don't. Well, his last name shatters, so he's, oh. he's he's being punny. Uh, I got a nomination from my guy Chop. Uh, John Cunningham Obviously with a nomination. Not. Obviously not you. Yeah, it's not for sure. Uh, John Cunningham with multiple nominations. Um, so who do you think? Sam Jean, Doug Martin, um, the the track and field shot put record holder now in that Donnie would, Shatters. That would be my vote. Okay. I mean, you win, you win, uh, what you won the AAC championship. Yeah. You're in the NCAAs. It sounds like he has a realistic shot to like be an Olympian. Um, whenever the next, well, I don't even know when the next summer Olympics are, but, um, so yes, I would, I would vote for him. He went out on his, uh, field, you know, one, one, something of, of major note and seems to have a big time, uh, throwing career ahead of him yeah i'll agree uh i i think i would give uh john cunningham uh, the runner-up uh he, he's had a he said for an ad you release renderings of your 100 million dollar practice facility uh you kind of work behind the scenes with cincy reigns and ryan guys uh you get the the nike jordan return like that's a pretty good week for an ad next summer olympics are in 2024 Next, year. next summer. All right. Yeah, next summer. He's he's trending towards with his numbers. I, um, I would think he'll throw for France. He might have a better chance of making the Olympic team France. I don't know how many yeah. great shot putters the French produce versus <laughs> the Americans, but you know, so so there you go. We uh we are going this week your team ticker. Bearcat of the week, Mudani Shatters, who broke the UC shot put record and uh, was the AAC championship, moving on to the NCAA track and field national champions. So congratulations, Mudani, for this uh, prestigious honor. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, uh, your, your prize is, is on its way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> team ticker. Yeah. Send them. Send him one. Come on. <laughs> Appreciate you, Chop. Uh, I'm a close second. I, I think I, you know, that, that Sean Jean, to, you know, meddling in the uh, in the. Well, that's the, not really. That's not really true. Medalist is the person that finishes first. That's, well, yeah. So I mean, he, he was. He was. He was the no. He was the low bearcat. He was not okay. the low person in his in his regional. Medalist is like the guy that or lady that. Wins. wins yeah yeah where do you finish top 10 or oh let's see player leaderboard he finished t ninth 13 under for the week so pretty top darn 10, good pretty good yeah yeah you want to you want to touch on the, the the golf yeah i mean they they ended up finishing eighth in the region the region was pretty loaded um Shot 10 under today, 29 under for the tournament. I know Coach Martin talked about needing four guys to shoot five under, 20 under today. Wouldn't have even mattered. I mean, they would have had to have shot 24 under just to get into a playoff uh, for the fifth spot. Like, they clearly – I mean, there's good and bad to it. 
They played arguably the easiest course in the regionals. Arizona State won the region with 59 under. Stanford was 57 under. Um, so you can say, well, there's a lot of birdies to be made. But if you're not on your game, everybody else is probably going to make a bunch of birdies too. So it's hard to come back. Like, you know, you can come back easier on a harder course because the, the leaders can falter. And if you just play a little bit better you can versus this, they were just too far behind. Um, they had it going yesterday afternoon. Uh, we're only a couple Wait, of by shots. The way, by the way, we screwed up. What did we do? Whoever put that in my uh, – that name – his name's Fred Mudani. Oh. Well, apologies to Fred. Where did we come up with that? It was in my um, – When is that even a, Is that even a real person? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> No, his name's Fred Mudani. So it was Fred. I was just rolling with with Shatters. So it was Fred Mudani Shatters record, and you went with Mudani Shatters as his name. No, that's what his name was. Somebody said in my mentions when I asked for nominations, (laughs) they said his name was Mudani Shatters (laughs) for breaking Mudani Shatters for breaking the record. Yeah, well, I think it was maybe they read Fred Mudani Shatter's record. Yeah, and they like his name was Fred Mudani. We screwed that up royally. And Fred, I'm sorry. Yeah, apologies, Fred. Jeez, you guys got to do better. Like we're we're counting on. Is that is that name French? Fred. Frederick. 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 Frederick Weiss. That, That that makes more sense. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but yeah, yesterday afternoon they had a had it going, starting on the back nine, couple shots out of fifth, and three hour weather delay popped up and just totally killed momentum. The front nine was the harder nine anyway. Uh, they go out on the front and put up three doubles and a quad, and really from there you just got no shot when with the rest of these teams that are. Um, you know, playing the way they're playing. Uh, very, very good learning experience, as Coach said. Three freshmen on the team, a lot of talent coming back next year. But also shows – and, yes, Chelsea, I agree. I opened up our – before the podcast go, asking Chad, uh, did you get any good nominations for uh, Bear Cut of the Week since we hadn't even put it out there? So uh, – It was my fault. It's my – I got to get you – I got to get in the rhythm of doing that Wednesday morning. <laughs> This is only the second one. I'm getting there. I agree. It's all right. Well, we'll make it. We'll make it. We had a good nomination. Like I we think did. the right guy won. The people came through. They came through. Get off my back. <laughs> but uh, good learning experience. First time making the tournament. I I kind of equated this to like when 2021 football when you have a really good year and then you go up against a perennial power and it kind of humbles you a little bit and you see that like. We had a really good year, but we're not quite there. Like, you're in a region with Arizona State and Stanford. Stanford has, you know, one of the best amateurs in the country and another guy that's played in the U.S. Open. Like, Arizona State has a really young team, but, I mean, if you called them five stars, they'd have all five stars. Uh, so you're just you're just not quite there yet, but, um you know, you have a lot of talent coming back, a lot of talent incoming, and I'm sure the young guys 
will take this experience and build off it going into the Big 12. Connor asked how good is the Big 12 in golf. It's really damn good. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it feels like the conference is actually really good in pretty much everything. Yeah. I mean, it's – I don't know if I'd call it really good in football. Uh, it's it's going to be very balanced in football. There's no – there's no, like, tent pole program after Oklahoma and Texas lead, but there's also sure. no – no dreg, no one that Other just, than Kansas. But they're not even like they're not even a dreg anymore. At this at this moment, they're not. But right for eternity, I mean, they have. Sure, anybody could become. Yeah, you know, someone's always got to finish last. Um, but like, yeah, there's just no in the Big Twelve. It's almost always Kansas. Yeah, there's just well, right now it's West. Right now it's West Virginia. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, they're good at men's basketball. They're good at women's basketball. They're good at baseball. They're good at golf. I have no idea if they're good at track and field. I think they're good at softball, but we don't have a softball team, so I don't care. Um, yeah, it's – it's they're kind of – you know, you're going to have to play whatever sport it is you play. We're going to have to elevate every aspect of uh, our programs. There's no, there's no two ways around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... All right, you want to do uh, – I think we've talked enough about Cincy Light, but, uh, I would, like, what's your take on Cincy Reigns going down this path, introducing it as oh, a light beer, 4.2. Right. It's going to be at a great price point. It's going to be competitive. Like, it has a chance to really be a thing in this city, I think. Yeah, I mean, it does. And, it, you know, I'll be interested just to see, like, how wide the distribution ends up being. I know they've said like anywhere Ryan Geist is sold. I mean, Ryan Geist is sold in Nashville, Tennessee. So like, are we going all the way down there? Or are we just talking like the Cincinnati Northern? The plan initially is for Cincinnati. And then if it becomes a thing, like I could see it being, I don't know how much it's going to like, you know, if you put it in Nashville, how much people are going to be like, Ooh, Cincy light. Like, you know what I mean? But people, I mean, I know a lot of my friends. I mean, they like Ryan Geist, so they might. You know, I know, I know, yeah. it's not going to sell at the same level. But I mean, I did some very, very back of the envelope math. Say ten thousand people buy a twelve pack each week to bring to the football game. You're looking times seven home games. You're looking at like almost a million dollars in just like basic sales. Same. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I, I think it's something that, and I meant to ask Dustin this and I, I forgot, but I think more importantly, like, you're getting Cincy Reigns out there. There's going to be a, a QR code on the back of every can that takes you right to Cincy Reigns. Yeah, and I mean, so, I think, it, you know, and I, I I don't know, you know, what they're doing from a Cincinnati business standpoint with the, like, you know, and it's not necessarily like a critique. I just, like, I just don't hear much or see much, you know, about what's going on with them. I mean, I know there's things happening behind the scenes, but this is certainly like their first forward, forward facing, like, you know, here's, here we are, here's what we do. Um, You know, this is, this is one of the ideas that we had to, as a way to supplement and NIL money and, and those things. I mean, and I know things, move at whatever pace they move. And I'm not, I don't know what anybody else's NILs are doing. Like I just, cause I just don't care. Um, so it might be a thing that's just 
always kind of behind the scenes and not really, you know, yeah, public, so to speak. So, but I mean, this is, you know, if you buy any other type of beer like that, and you're a UC fan, like, you know, I drink a very, I'm a very specific like game day beer drinker, but I'll have no problem subbing that if out. It's good. I don't even care if it's good. I know, but I'm saying if it's good, and I have no reason to believe it's not going to be good. Like if it's good, yeah, it should be everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like you can still drink your Bud Light, Miller Light. Just buy a 12 pack and throw it in your cooler at the games, and people will, you know, pick what they want. I mean, that. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I think it. I think it'll be good. I think there'll be there obviously be UC fans that'll be incentivized to go buy it, knowing that. You know, a portion of it. They know a portion of it is going directly back um, the program, to yeah. the to the players, and 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 this is all athletes, I assume, right? Like, just the this isn't like specific to one pro- program or sport. No, right? it's it's whatever. Like, yeah, if you make donations, you can donate to like specifically, like I yeah, but like I mean, this is just not, like a say it's a hundred thousand dollars. It's just go. Fund, yeah. It's just going into the. You know, and the NIL NIL pool that that goes out to the players, or I should yeah. say athletes. I mean, because I'm, athletes. you know, but no, I mean um, it's it's a great idea. I hope they do more things. I mean, I know you and I, and it's things happen, and it's probably not going to happen this year. Like we talked about a golf event. Like I think Cincy Range would be the one to perfectly set that up. Yeah, to get that was the, the plan don- was to work with Cincy Rains. Uh, I. <laughs> To get the donations, to get the athletes to show up, to get the coaches to show up, like to make it, you if know, we can't make it happen now for 2023, which is, is very tight. Like it's not, window. I mean, you're not going to, I mean, it's, it's almost June. Your dates to do events are gone. Like, yeah. you know, the, the courses have given out their, their days to do events. We will have one in 2024. I, I guarantee that. Like we will work this off season with the right people, with the right channels. Um, now that, you know, Dustin's on the board and we've become a lot more familiar with Dustin. Maybe we work a little bit more with him. Um, we're going to have one in 2024. Like that is lock it in stone cold fact. I just, unfortunately. Stone cold, here, here's a, a throwback. Stone cold lead pipe lock yeah. of the week. <laughs> old old SVP shows right there. Unfortunately, shit happened. Well, and you need you need like on this type of thing. Like I know what to do, but like I have a job that I have to devote. You know, right. you need other people involved where I can come in and like you know be be a consultant, so to speak. But like it's being managed by since yeah, he rains and yeah. and you know how how they just like they're doing with the run guys thing yeah it, it will happen in 2024 i promise i promise um life just sucked <laughs> this spring yeah so um jordan nike bsn all of the the talk and the the conversation around everything today uh dave go <laughs> i'm, <laughs> I'm not i'm not the right person to discuss this topic because while i like uniforms and i don't care i'm the same i don't really care I don't Aaron, care. do you want to chime in here i know we talked about it yesterday i like i don't i don't care 
Yeah, just I, give my. I mean, I gave my wear. two cents last night. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a brand whore, so that should surprise. Like, no I mean, one. I I had like I'm I'm probably on an island of about three people that was like I had a pair of the white Adidas. Um, what I don't even know what they called them. I call them like Zubas, like that they wore in the conference tournament in in MSG the one year. Um, I had a pair of those white basketball shorts and I loved them and I left them at a hotel and I'm like still pissed off because they were super, <laughs> super comfortable. But like, I just like, it doesn't, I don't know. I, it's not something that I get too worked up about. I mean, they're going to look very much like most teams that wear Nike for football, which is pretty basic stuff. Like Adidas and Under Armour kind of go more unique with what they've done. Football, uniforms for nike are pretty generic now you'll get some yeah. very very specific school unless touches. you're oregon right well yeah um <laughs> they've gone um, they've gone too far now like they jumped I, the shark i, I, agree. I yeah i want them to go back and just be like hey can you just be like orange and green again and not like all these different variations yep, of, yellow and green yeah or yellow and green sorry yeah i mean it's yeah. like but anyway, yeah, I like I understand the BSN angle to this, but it's like not even worth being the well actually guy about it because like who cares? <laughs> I mean, they're gonna wear, they're gonna have the swoosh, they're gonna have the jump man. Like it's not like the swoosh is gonna be backwards and the jump man's gonna be upside down. Like no one will have a damn clue or would have a clue if they didn't even put that in a press release. Like no one in the public would have any idea just looking at uniforms how they're getting into UC's hands. Yeah, and, and I think for two years, they'll be fairly generic. But again, to your point, Nike uniforms generally are fairly generic. I mean, I'm a Tennessee for, fan. We just got, like, like smoke helmets. That was, like, the big thing was, like, our uniforms <laughs> have been as gen as generic as they can be. So, As for Jordan, I, I think you'll see a, – a I, think, I think it'll end up being close to – what the nineties were with the, with the block on the side and what Rayvon has thrown out. Um, I think it'll be some semblance of that. Um, that said, who knows? Uh, but I don't know. I mean, Chad hit the nail on the head last night when he said that it's, it's for the recruiting purposes. The kids want to wear Nike. They want to wear Jordan. They don't want to wear Under Armour. They, I mean, they don't want to wear Adidas. They, they want and to, to recruit wear... the EYBL. You're better off wearing Nike, like or Jordan, especially like right. one way or the I feel, other. Yeah, like, I feel like this is I feel like this is much more of a, a basketball play than a football play. Like I don't think any sure. football play football players care care whether it's Nike Under Armour or Nike. Not as much, but I think it matters. Like getting Nike gear a, matters a little, a little bit. Not as much as it did, like I would say, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, I think I think what the what the players are going to get paid is probably what matters more right. than Nike. Yeah, or Jordan, I think it'll be like this a, is a this is a perk. It's a, another feather in the cap. I think the basketball West said, apparently was said in Cleveland tonight that that UC designed the basketball uniforms. I think that's coming from third person from people who have gone to see Wes and. No, there was a, 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 a like they did a caravan thing tonight in Cleveland where West right. Spoke. I understand. Um, I didn't know if he actually, if that's been publicly released or I know. I mean, I, I know. I don't think the people that were there lied about it. 
Well, I know Mike Boston said that he had a 10-minute conversation with Wes Miller and then said, I've been sworn to I can't put any of this on Twitter. And who knows what conversations were had thereafter of people who were like, I need to know what happened. Tell me what happened, Mike. (laughs) I think there'll be like a a version 2.0 or version 3.0 of those uniforms. There will be... There will, to us as Bearcat fans and to people of a certain age who grew up watching college basketball during that time period, they will look very similar to those uniforms, but they will not be absolutely identical. Like, I doubt the C-Paul will be on the ass. <laughs> um, I, I still hope that's a thing. It's like, just throw it all the way back to that. I, I actually hope they make them out of the same material because those things weighed about five pounds. Oh my God. Like I got a, I, I, I had somebody who was a manager back then that had a, a bag full of like stuff from those days and he gave it to me. And I like, all of it was like literally 30 pound cotton. Like just make it the same length and bring baggy back. I'm just oh yeah, going to keep saying it until it happens. Uh, did Nike have to approve the deal still? Look, if they didn't have Nike's blessing, this wouldn't be happening. No, like, let, let's let's. Be no, Nike isn't allowing BSN to to sell their merchandise to teams that that they don't want them selling it to. Here's my understanding of this thing, and and I talked about it a little last night. You see, and Nike and Jordan have been in talks for a considerable amount of time. If you've paid attention to what we've said. There has always been, eventually there was going to be a deadline where if they didn't figure out something, they were going to have to wear Under Armour next year. With no Under Armour logos on it. Like, well, no, it would have been through BSN. There still would have been Under Armour logos, but like. Oh, I thought they would have been, had to been removed because the deal was done. No, it, it, it essentially could have run through 2024 if they wanted it to. Like, if they had to, they could have been Under Armour branding again. It just would have been through BSN, the same as it's been since Under Armour bought out of the deal two years ago. So, it is what it is. Like, if they wanted to be Nike and Jordan, this was the only way it was going to happen. I know there are a lot of people out there that, you know, I talked to a guy at Foot Locker uh, this week, and he said that nothing like this is possible. <clears throat> Dave, do you know the last? <clears throat> do you know the last time? Did you just make that up, or did someone really say I talked to a guy at Foot Locker? Somebody said I talked to an insider, a person with insider connections. To I talked world. to a guy that didn't graduate high school that's wearing a referee jersey and uh, selling me some shoes, and he said, "This there's no way this could happen." Please I ask the question. It. Please ask the question, do you know the last time I was in a Foot Locker? Because I would love to know when the last time was that you were in a Foot Locker. I was, I was being a smartass. Yeah, ni- but... 1996? <laughs> <laughs> answer, me, like, answer me this, Dave. Aaron, you can stay. I want to know your answer, too. I'm sorry. Who is, who is the last school you think signed a, a Nike deal for their football, for their for their athletics department? Well, certainly who not do you UCF. think is the last school that, that did this? Like the most recent? The most recent school to sign a Nike deal. That wasn't Nike before. Correct. Houston? No. They're Jordan. Well, no, they're they're Nike for football. Well, 
It wasn't Houston. Uh, Michigan? Nope. Uh, no, no, no. Florida Atlantic, 2021. Nike has not signed a new school to an apparel deal in two years. Why? Nike is having massive supply chain issues. Nike is not in a position to add new schools to their roster at this moment. So UC has been well down the road with Nike, well down the road with Jordan in these conversations. Like, do people think really UC's just been, it's taken 12 months, 18 months to iron out a deal with BSN? Give me a fucking break. Like, things with Nike are well down the road for the future. Things with Jordan are well down the road for the future. But in the position Nike is at, Nike is not adding schools at this moment. So Cincinnati could do one of two things. Do what they did. Go with BSN and Nike Jordan for now. And wait for things to clear up and Nike to be back on solid ground and to start adding schools again. Or they could have stayed with Under Armour BSN and they would have been Under Armour in the first year of the Big 12. They did not want that. The staff did not want that. The athletic department did not want that. The basketball program did not want that. The football program did not want that. They wanted to make whatever move they could to accelerate being under a Nike umbrella and to be wearing Nike gear, to have Nike the swoosh on your uniforms, to have Jumpman on the basketball uniforms. This was the best way to make that happen. So this is the avenue they took because they had two options. Do what they did or stay with Under Armour and hope that Nike was ready to go by the time next summer rolled around. And yeah, now they've given themselves a little bit of, of extra leeway. It's just a, a, the, the minutia of it. Just I'm, I just don't care. Uh, I, oh, up, uh, you know, aside from me not caring, it does seem like a lot of people or some people not affiliated with UC in any way, shape, or form seem to care, which, you know, makes me laugh as someone who, you know, gets a, a giggle out of those types of things. Like, you know, why certain programs that are air quotes rivals or, you know, of the Bearcats, why, why do you care? Um, I don't understand that. I could never for the life of me think of a single situation that would, uh, get me to care about your programs <laughs> outside of us playing them in a yeah. sport. Um, so I think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, but other, yeah. other than that, I, I, I don't really have much. I'm not the best person to discuss this topic because I don't, this is one where I ascribe to the, the uh, it's okay not to have an opinion on everything. And it's also okay to not, you know, share your opinions on everything as well. <laughs> well, I mean, I've talked to people close to UC. I've talked to people affiliated with Nike that, you know, maybe they're not the ones negotiating the UC deal, but they understand the issues that Nike's having right now. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think on the, from that standpoint in a mass production, uh, lot type of space, I mean, you're still going to have COVID related, um, supply chain issues like it's all certainly not fixed from whether it's logistics whether it's materials whether it's production there's a lot that goes into all this stuff 
um, that can keep things from working on the timeline that we all hope they could work on. Um, and Bearcat, Bearcat 12, I have no idea what he's Rick is saying. saying that I'm lying and that I don't oh. know what I'm talking about. That's what Rick is saying. Because he okay. talked to two guys that work at Foot Locker. That was oh. the joke. Oh, okay. I talked to industry sources in the in the apparel business that are telling like, me. I guess my question would be why what would why would you be so inclined to even have that conversation? Because he thinks he has to he has to shit on UC at every hour. Like do you, like just like I for, I'm pretty sure all the people in this chat know that I run the Twitter account. There literally is not one damn thing like they could do that I would be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call some people and find out <laughs> find out if what they're saying is true or not. Like, Didn't you and Rick used to work together? That Could, doesn't mean I have to. He, he's calling me out and saying what I'm saying is a lie. That's my, that's my point. Like, Couldn't he just call you and be like, yo, what's the truth here? Like God, uh, you you guys did a show together for God's sake. He better, Rick. He, he chose the route that he chose, so I'm going to talk about it here. Yeah, it's I just what like, it is. I don't yeah, I, I don't understand. Like, why? Why do you like? Same thing with that UCF guy. Like, why do you care? Yeah, you just like it's. In the, I guess you want to just get off a joke on Twitter, which I'm all about getting off jokes on Twitter. Um, but but. But he didn't get off a joke. He basically just said, I'm lying right. to the, our members. Yeah. That well, I made this up to cover UC's ass. Yeah. because it, And I'm just saying, like, even if that was the case, like, that's never happened on their side of things. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Right. Exactly. I mean, whatever. Hi to the Xavier be, people listening tonight. I'm sure be it'll be, this will be on the Xavier message board and well i appreciate 30 seconds. it all right yeah good to hear from you um but that's just it, it is what it is it's like a weird market right now nobody is signing people no in fact under armors actively dumping people actively getting out of the industry yeah of, there aren't they of, aren't, is it is there ucl did their ucla lawsuit ever get i don't know ucla's ucla's jordan you know what ucla is having with Jordan and Nike, supply chain. Yeah, but issues. UCLA sued Under Armour. Yeah, for <laughs> for, for, for canceling of, the deal, breach whatever. of contract. Yeah, yeah, for trying to buy out of the deal because they signed him to like a ten-year, five hundred million dollar contract. And then, like three <laughs> years later, they were like, "This is too much for us. This is this is not working out." <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, like the bottom line is when UC takes the field in football. In September, they will be wearing Nike. When UC takes the basketball court in November, they will be wearing Jordan. Yep. What else, Matt? What the the gear that's going to be sold at the bookstore, and you know, Du Bois and uh, Rally House? There's going to be a swoosh or a Jumpman on it. That's what matters. It's not it's like, yeah, shit. that's like, and it's the thing is like, it's not like it's going to be like in gold. Pl- like it's going to be the same stuff just has different right. logo on it. It's not like there's going to be somebody at rally house. That's just taking Nike t-shirts and like, uh, dipping, pressing... them, dipping them in 24 karat gold. 
No, but like they're not going to be buying Nike like blank Nike equipment gear and like no. uh, pressing the UC logo on them, the C yep. paw on them. Oh, really we got Nike C paws. Screen printing shops and uh, yeah. <laughs> Our guys at five one three shirts are going to be busy screen printing C paws on the on the Nike gear. Yep. Like, do people think, Dave? Do they think? You don't want my answer. Is it look? Is it perfect? Is it is it like the ideal situation? No, because the whole market is not ideal for apparel contracts right now. Yeah, I think we've spent enough time on this topic. Yeah, um, we did. We did renderings, right? Was that did we no. that last week? No. What are What are your thoughts on the uh, IPF? Looks pretty damn sweet. What What are your thoughts on the the people that said it looks like a caterpillar? Uh, I mean, I can see, I can see <laughs> that. What about the like people a, that an accordion? Yeah, I, I would say accordion more than a caterpillar. Yeah, like you know, yeah, more of an accordion vibe than a caterpillar yeah. vibe. But yeah, no, I think it, it's it's uh it's very unique, which I which I like. It's you know, it's it's very, um, it's very UC. You know, for yeah. our for our fans, that'll make sense. But like it, I feel like it fits in with the campus and and the different. It's gonna be a stunning front centerpiece on the different the architectural styles that a lot of the buildings have, and yeah. uh, it'll be cool to podcast from the Bearcat Journal Studios once it's uh, complete. <laughs> Sorry. Ixnay on the oddcast pay. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's a there are four pictures you. and it's a building and we've been we've known it's going to happen for a long time and and those pictures are cool and I'm sure there'll be more that come out as you know further things get finalized and and I'm I, I also imagine that these renderings came out because they're coinciding with the groundbreaking next week. So how the hell are you going to have a groundbreaking if you don't have, if you don't have at least some sort of like picture? We're breaking there ground. To, we have no idea what it's going to look like. What it's going to look like. Uh, it does It does look like the Sydney Opera House team win. You're right. A little bit. Like that is, it does look like that was like a, like a design influence. Yeah. So, you know. I'm glad it's, uh, things are moving. We've, you know, I've been on campus a couple times. <clears throat> to see the the demolition that's been going on and it's exciting and it, the hole in the ground is impressive at this point yeah. like it is it, when you really like get a look at like how big that plot was when you you demo the bleachers and the press box and everything that was there like it's it's huge uh it's i will huge. probably not be at the groundbreaking but i imagine I you might probably will to... uh just depending on you know, schedule, but uh, at worst, Keegan will be there, um, and I should be there as well. We will have, we will hopefully have some representation. That that's a nice part now with with Keegan, uh, who has done a great job in his first week or so on the job. Um, he lives in town. This is his primary thing. Yeah, you so, can just be, text him. Go cover this. <laughs> yeah, and generally, I'll I'll be there, and then he'll be there as well. So I'll be able to be there and do like the the social media and the um, you know the influencer stuff, and he'll be there to write stories. 
So we're finally getting as, our, as uh, you are an, an, an influencer. Right, right. You know, that. how do you think we got team ticker? You know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, all right, anything, uh, anything more on the IPF? No, absolutely not. No. Okay, uh, what else you want to talk about? Where are you going with that pillow? Oh. Um, there was a question earlier about Dan Simon. And Dan Dan is on his summer sabbatical. <laughs> it's not summer. So you, it's spring. Well, for him, it, for him, it is. You know, you, you may okay. you may see Dan, you may see Dan back. You know, I'll give a little foreshadowing. You may see Dan back around mid July. I'll just you know, I'll just leave it at that. Maybe some palm trees in the background, a conga line, possibly. Uh, for our, for our loyals, you will you will know what I'm dis- what I'm talking about. We have a house DJ and an inflatable donkey. I was actually uh, at Mother's Day. This is no lie. We're out to dinner. We're talking about the the vacation, no. and uh, no. my mom my mom asks me from across the table, uh, "Do you have Pedro?" <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, no, mom, I, I do not have Pedro. So, Pedro two might be uh, might have. <laughs> you left Pedro for the next people. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where where Pedro is, but yeah, we uh we have a, another get up this year. We've got a a uh, a tiki bar in the pool, a couple TVs. The the DJ lives in Utah now. And his DJ equipment is in storage in Atlanta. So we got to try to figure out how I think, this, I think Pedro's how, in Atlanta. How this is going to happen. Uh, how we're going to get the DJ equipment to Florida. But but no, I think that's maybe the, your, your best chance to for Dan to be back. Could be sometime well, middle of July. Give us your thoughts on the ACC and the uh, – Secretive seven or whatever the like. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. Uh, they came out. Obviously, someone leaked something about that, and then yeah, because everybody's uh, been in denial when they mode. realized. Yeah, when they realized that, then apparently their lawyers finally notified them that twenty thirty six is not exactly right around the corner. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, all of a, all of a sudden, their uh, their tones seem to change, and how we're really all alive now, and uh, we are working to this revenue distribution thing, and blah blah blah. And then I guess tonight, Pat Forty, Ross Dellinger. I don't know if it was one or you know, or both, kind of like a co co piece for. Sports Illustrated basically came came out with another article where getting quotes where it's just like, yeah, we're not aligned. <laughs> so, right, and and I'm not surprised. Like, you, they are verging down the road of the old Big East. They signed a deal that 
was basically obsolete the minute it was signed, and it was for way too long. And now they are, you know, you have Clemson, and you have other schools, which the other schools will throw Florida State in there for sure, because their president has been, their AD or whoever the hell's been talking, um, has been pretty vocal about it. Like, you you got to do something like Clemson should be the one talking about re- extra revenue. Like, what have you done? Um, but you're now going down this road of like the haves and the have nots and the, and the, you know, we're falling behind and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, you signed a deal. That's not going to be <laughs> up until deal. I'm like 55 freaking years old. Why would you sign um, a 20 year deal? So, I mean, like these things, Obviously, we know because we've done the whole conference realignment thing for so long. Like, right. realistically, like ten years. Yeah, yeah they're not going to go more than seven. They're, no, I'm saying like till they could potentially yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. start talking about like getting trying to get out. I I, I wouldn't do a deal longer than seven. No, years. like things change so. Fast. I wouldn't do a deal. I don't know if I would do a deal longer than five years. If I if I'm just I, saying seven is like seven. Like that's that's a long deal. Right. Um, but like ESPN doesn't really have anything to do with the, the grant of rights. Um, that's a conference thing. ESPN doesn't want them to get out of this deal because it's a great deal for them because they're hardly paying any dollars on it. Sure. Pennies on the dollar <laughs> for, for a whole conference of like great content. But I mean, I heard today, like you're talking about a hundred million dollars in exit fees. That's not counting breaking the grant of rights. So, like, they're not going anywhere. Let's be very, very clear about that. This is all just a bunch of bluster and posturing, conjecture and posturing. Like, they're not going anywhere. Um, Second to that is, like, outside of a couple few programs, where would they go? I think think fans publicly and some of these ACC folks think they – are hotter shit than they are. Like <laughs> you don't say. The SEC like who who from the ACC does the SEC really need to, to add? Right. Like I hear like oh Clemson and Florida State. Why? What does Florida State do to, for the SEC right now? Adds Tallahassee? Very little. Very little. Like Clemson, I can understand a little bit more, but like they're not even the biggest program. Like, sorry. South Carolina is a bigger program than you, regardless of your recent success. Yeah. Like they got like they got in Texas and Oklahoma because they got Red River. They got Oklahoma. They now have Texas and Texas A&M. They again, apologies to our new Big 12 brethren. Like they own Texas now. Like yeah. I could see them wanting North Carolina and I could see them wanting Virginia. Other than that, like who, the SEC, what do they have to have? Kind of the same thing with the Big Ten. Same two schools, maybe a Georgia Tech for the Big Ten, academically, Atlanta, you know. But like, where are these teams going to go that are threatening to, you know, we're unified until someone offers a school more to go? Well, who's going to offer them? Right. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, we keep talking about super conferences and expansion, and it's fun to 
to play the game of like, well, this team goes here and this team goes here. Um, but do those do those conferences truly want to keep going and just adding more programs that I'm not sure how much they really move the meter for them? Yeah, like, I mean, if the Big Ten could add North Carolina, guess what? Well, yeah, that was always Jim, Jim Delaney was a North Carolina, he's a North Carolina grad. He was always right. trying to do that. Right. Like, at that right. point, if he was the professional. I'm sure they would do that. Same thing with the SEC. Like, North Carolina as a state is a, you know, emer- you know, wildly emerging demographic. North Carolina is the premier public university in the state. You know, historically great basketball program, historically underachieving football program. So they would fit right in with the Big Ten. Um, but, like, it's just, it's, it's funny to hear them say the things, then not say the things, you know, but then still behind the seat. Like it's a fractured mess and it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse than the PAC 12. I mark my words, like because of the length of this contract, the revenue distribution is going to cause problems. Even though the teams and programs that it's going to cause problems with don't really have a choice. Like what are they going to, what's Boston college going to do? Say no, we don't like this. We don't like getting two million dollars from the college football playoff distribution now instead of six. Like, okay, what are you going to do, BC? Right. So they kind of have to, you know, take their, you know, spoonful of you know what and and ride this thing out and see what happens. But again, I mean, it's a long way away. Their deal. So I, you know, all these conversations now kind of don't really matter because what are your options? Right. I, uh, you're going to go to the Pac-12 and save the Pac-12? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, you have the ACC asked if ADs wanted to release a joint statement. Multiple ADs immediately shot that down. No one said yeah. problems are solved. But no one's going to offer more money unless the school is clear of the grant of rights. Uh, we've cr- the Florida State AD. We've crossed a bridge. There are still more bridges. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a mess. I'm kind of enjoying it. You know, Pittsburgh. You know, how's it feel now? So you know, I, hope, I hope you get everything that's coming to you. Right. So, you know, I, I don't know what that means for the big 12. I don't, I don't think it means anything for the, the big 12 in the here and now, or even really in the near future. I don't think it means, I don't think it really means anything for anybody. Cause I just don't know what the hell they're going to do. Like, what are you honestly going to do? The big 10 isn't offering you because how are you getting out of your grant of rights? Right. You have 13 years worth of not being allowed to be on television or get one single penny from the new conference you're going to. Now, obviously, some of this always can be negotiated, but why would the ACC as a conference negotiate a separation of the grant of rights? Uh yeah. You know, the other thing is like, well, what if, I've heard, well, what if they have eight schools and they can dissolve the grant of rights? Okay. 
Do you think all eight of those schools they're going to find new homes? So what I mean, happens unless they if start they just... their own thing? Like they would have to start their own thing. Yeah. So you you'd think like uh, so some of them would find new homes, and then what? The rest of them were just going to cobble themselves back together, but without the good teams. Well, it's like in this in this also similar to the conversation of like the NCAA is going to. The the power the the A five is gonna split. It's gonna break off and and do their own thing so that they have to from be the, the thing they now? created. They're gonna break away from the thing that they created and create a new thing that's just like the thing that they created before. Yeah, except I, now they're they're now they're the bad guys instead of right. being able to say that NCAA well, no, is the they, bad guy. Like that's the thing I never got, David. Like if if they broke away, they would have to create another NCAA. To be their shield. Right. So you would leave the NCAA that you created in the first place. Only to create a new one. Oh, it's a shell game. Yeah. I do. I want to, I want to backtrack for one second. Uh, Our guy, Michael Boston, who, who did some work for us, uh, posted this on the uh, Jordan thread. He's at the thing in Cleveland tonight. Yeah. Said he spoke to Wes directly and listened to Cunningham talk. They basically said the Jordan deal is done and has been, but BSM was needed for Nike because of the abundance of all the other sports using Nike. Factually correct. If it was just Jordan, this shit would have been done three, six months ago. Like if they didn't have to deal with the Nike side of things. You can make it. You can Jordan make and UC basketball. 15 uniforms for basketball. Would, and for the ladies, like, you know. Think think logically. Oh, I Where know. did Wes Miller come from? That's hard for people, Chad. Think Where did Wes Miller come from? It's hard for people. Like, this, the, if it was just Jordan, would have been done months and months ago. So that part of it, Yes, Nike slowed this up. This is what I've been talking about with Nike is not taking on new teams right now because of the issues we talked about. So, so yes, <clears throat> supplying an entire that, – that's the other thing I don't think people think about, Dave, is it's not – bringing Nike in is not like, okay, Nike does football, Jordan does basketball. No, Nike does – Football, cross country, track and field, swimming, lacrosse, volleyball, like golf, like they have, they're they're taking on the entire athletic department that's not men's and women's basketball. Yeah, you have that's about three hundred three, or so athletes, and 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 outfitting them for you know everything: uniforms, practice gear, gear to wear around campus. Like, go find an athlete and see what they wear every day. You know what they wear every day? Team-issued sweats, team-issued shorts, team-issued shirts. They're walking around. You want to know an athlete at UC? Just find somebody wearing Under Armour around campus, and there's a pretty good chance they're an athlete. Also said, uh, Wes said he and Jamal Lucas helped design the jersey one of the old school version of the UC Jordan, but updated with a new feel. The blocks are back. That's really all I give. 
asked about Ravon's edit and said that's pretty close, but not the actual jersey. Didn't give a definitive answer about the collar, but the way he answered makes me believe it won't be red, blah, 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 blah whatever. Why didn't anyone um, ask about the C paw on the butt? Because people don't really care about that. They do. <laughs> you're the a, only <laughs> thing they you're, should you're, care you're, you're not in tune with the fans, Chad. <laughs> uh, look, I just had a shirt on. and nothing to do with wearing an Under Armour Cincinnati shirt. I woke up this morning and I had to take the dogs outside. Dave's got one on too. So this is just the shirt I put on. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> when they when I, when they start sending me night, like maybe I need a BSN deal. Maybe I we totally, need a BSN deal. I, I totally had a long sleeve Under Armour shirt on earlier, and I changed right. because right. I didn't want to be called out for being outdated. I don't so care. I went I went with Reds, and then they lost. So fuck. Well, I mean, how could you can't possibly be dated yet? I mean, like, right. how would we have got? We're not cool enough to get the threads this fast. I mean, you can go with just Jordan brand or Nike brand. Well, I don't own any of that stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, real quick before we get out of here. Oh, I got more. Uh, okay. The, the AD of Arizona had a Aaron. statement tonight. You're going to have to tag in. I got a 12-year-old. I got to put to bed at 10 o'clock. So uh, tag in for a little bit. The a- good thing the, I finished my game. The AD of Arizona. What are your hopes for your conference as you move into this new phase? I'm not sure how to say it because it might change tomorrow, but we're faced with a new <laughs> and ever-changing world in conference alignments. Adjustments will have to be made, but I know that we will land in a very good spot. Certainly the hope. Who knows? Whenever you print the result may be different than the hope, but we'd like to be with the Pac-12 and continue the great tradition of the conference. But if not, there will be a new landscape and a new opportunity for the University of Arizona. That certainly comes off as... Who the hell knows what's going to happen, but we certainly aren't going to get left behind and are actively uh, looking at all options that have been presented to us. I heard I hate George Klyakov in that entire I mean, there certainly There certainly wasn't any, uh, you know... Pac-12 love. There, yeah. there was no Pac-12 love. Pac-12 is my ride-or-die check. <laughs> Like, he literally said, but we'd like to be with the Pac-12. Well, yeah, I would like to be 30 pounds less, you know, but, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, that's about as honest as you can put it, which is a nice thing for these guys to actually do from time to time, considering that Arizona State's AD this week said, uh, which I'm surprised that they let him speak publicly, uh, said that it could be July or August for a deal, even though uh, three months ago he said one could be coming in the next couple weeks. I just love how he just continues. It doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter what's going on that week. He just will move the goalposts anytime that it feels convenient to him and everyone else is behest to whatever George Klyakov says. And it's a mess. It's the whole thing's a mess. Oh, it's and- so it's so funny. Like uh, Connor just mentioned about the the Washington State AD, who said not too long ago that Arizona State. Oh, 
No, what you say? You said yeah. something to the effect of like, well, I think it's close, but we, you know, but you have to take into account the optics of announcing a deal when ESPN is laying off when when it, he didn't think I don't think he singled out ESPN, but he said like media companies are laying off all these people. <laughs> and then yesterday, ESPN signs Pat McAfee to like a hundred million dollars. I'm like, oh, I don't think the optics are really at play here, guys. I think it's the fact that no one wants your shit conference for what you want them to pay for it. There is that. I mean, and I guess this is where, this is where I I don't think Chad asked this of you yet, but who has the bigger mess right now between the ACC and the Pac-12? Because truthfully, they they have completely different messes. I mean, the, the, the Pac-12's mess is worse right now because it's in the There's present. no deal. There's no deal, and it's in the present, and you're fighting a lot of um, just a lot of headwind. The ACC's well, mess is the family is now fighting, and uh, <laughs> the divorce settlement isn't for 13 more years. <laughs> So you're stuck living with each other in the same house, even though you hate each other's guts, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like and, and Peacock pays. No, you forgot a zero. They paid $110 million for one Jesus. NFL game, not $10 million. I don't know. It's, it's I, I, I'm just curious as to when you think that Dominoes might start to fall. Oh, it's it, I, I I can't possibly say like the wash. Another one that I just thought of the Washington State AD. He said the whole like optics thing, but now I guess he's talking about how it might go fast because there's so many people involved now. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would that all of a sudden speed things up if there were so many people involved? Like, they're just like, I don't know why these people keep talking because. They released a joint statement how many months ago about consummating a, a media deal, and that obviously still hasn't happened. We're literally, we're literally two and a half months away from a, a year ago when George Klykov said at big at Pac-12 media days that we haven't decided yet if we're going to go shopping at in the big at the Big Twelve aisle, so to speak. That was almost a year ago. <laughs> like, why would anybody that's interested in any of this believe any, like, one way or the other? Like, I don't believe, you know, you can have your favorite reporter, you can have the reporters that you don't. Like, I don't believe any of them. No, at this like, point. Wh wh why would I? No. Like, why would you, you know, you have... Dennis, people Dodd. Who, Dennis Dodd people, says one thing and then immediately it's refuted by like people at the athletic. I don't believe any of them. Well, at the end of the day, the people who actually hold the cards aren't talking to media. Why would they be talking to media? They're I don't think they're Aaron, having I don't think there's any cards being held. <laughs> like I I don't think I don't think like we are that's a great point, Brian. What else is Washington oh, State no, going I, to say? No, We're absolutely like, screwed. He, he said two totally like divergent points. He said that they haven't like they probably haven't announced something because of the optics of it, because people are being laid off. And then he comes back and says, Well, now it's probably close because so many people are involved. I'm sure there are so many people involved, and that's all the people trying to get out and find out well, where no, they're going I, to land. I don't like that's the thing is. 
I'm not sure. Like I, if I'm guessing at this point, based on what these companies are doing, I would guess, and it would be a, a, a guess that I would have very little com. Like if we're if we're putting confidence points uh, behind these, this would be low confidence points. I think they'll end up heavily on NBC Universal. So they'll have some, they would have some element on Peacock and then some element on NBC, but I don't even know like how many games are they really going to get on big boy NBC. And then I think the vast majority of it will be on like USA, which is better than a lot of the stuff that's been bandied about, you know, the CD and the CW and all that shit was never real. Like that was never, nobody wants a CW. I agree. Um, but like, g- good luck, man. If you know, yeah, ESPN and Fox are absolutely interested in a level of of game, but not at the price you want. So the ACC talked about having some schools being paid more than other schools and just redistributing the wealth, and as it were. How do you even do that? Like, what? So it's not. Should- the sure, that, sure, schools, sure, schools can demand it, right? But at, you have nothing to hold ransom if you're demanding more. No one cares that you want more. How does that work? If you, just because you say you want more, that's not going to oh, necessarily. You, you're talking about like the Pac-12. No, I'm talking about like the FSU saying that we oh, should yeah. have more redistributing the wealth in in their own conference. There, so it's not. It's different from the media portion of the money. It's more of the NCAA units, it's the CFP, the playoff, that the money that they get from that right now is being equally distributed among the whatever, 15, 14, 13, I don't even know how many teams. Sure. Equally distributed. What they're saying, which FSU, I'm like, well, you wouldn't have been getting any of this damn money anyway. You're not, you didn't go to Clemson, should be like, yeah, we, we just like. When was the last time FSU was? FSU hasn't been there since. They're basically saying now, if if we're distributing, let's just call it 14, 15 million because it's one million a school. Let's just say we're distributing. We're just dis, eh, we're distributing. Fifteen million. Everybody gets one. They're now saying, okay, if you make the CFP, you're now going to get five because you were the ones that got us this money, and then everybody else is going to split up the other ten. But why would any of the other schools agree to that? Because they don't have any fucking option. What are they going to say? No. No. Yeah. Why not? Where's that? Because you're going to. They can't leave. They can't leave. Well, you tell them no. Then, then you get into the point of like, okay, then we are going to work very hard to figure out how to get out of this. You have one page, and your lawyers can't figure it out right now. It doesn't matter. Like you have thirteen years yeah. to figure it out. I think it's because you're trying to make the best of a bad situation. And, you know, they... I would not. I, I would dig my feet in so hard. 13 years, fine. Find a new suitor in 13 years. Until then, you got to deal with me. Yeah, well. I, I'm Wake Forest in this conversation, by the way. Georgia yeah, Tech. I, I don't. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but... I mean, they're... there's no there's no reason for these teams to just not take money just to make things work well for 13 years. Who cares? Oh, it's it's happened before. It happened in the big. It happened in the Big 12. We saw that's, how that went. That's stupid. 
Um, do you have anything to say about any of the uh, new commits? Um, oh, Chad's back. The, uh, where are we at on cloning? <laughs> I mean, I don't think we're very far. Shit. <laughs> I think I'm most not, of it is most of it's not, not allowed. Legally. I'm not really into the sciences, uh, but I, I don't think we're too advanced in that world. All right. Well, you know, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> Are you looking to clone yourself? No. I Like, you know, Kelly hasn't had hair in a while, but if we can bring Kelly back, I guess my other problem is, like, if there is cloning, can we bring her back at, like, you know, like a reasonable age? Do we have to start from scratch again? Because I don't have that much time. Are you Are you here for the jokes? Or can I drop out? Because I want no part of this conversation. <laughs> I'm just saying I am not prepared to be the single parent of a 12-year-old daughter. Don't FSU, understand. Miami, Clemson are leaving regardless when the contract gets close to ending. Aaron is right. He should tell us school's a fly kite. Thanks, tell him to go, go fork your shirt. <laughs> Did you read lips? Oh boy. Uh yeah, I mean, you know, it's gonna be so much fun. It's gonna be so much more fun to watch this from a ship that's not taking on water. <laughs> and as I've said, who knows? Like, never get comfortable in, in this landscape. Never get comfortable. But you have to admit, Dave, it feels a little better from a ship that is uh is not headed for an iceberg uh yes. currently currently yeah absolutely absolutely right. uh, are we good you got anything else we're at 201 uh no i'm good all right let's get out of here that's a wrap super super thanks to dustin grutza that was really good really good for du dustin and uh all of all of everything he had to say i'm gonna go try to get my 12 year old to go to bed she's already setting up for uh my throat hurts i don't want to go to school tomorrow oh yeah that was that was part of that like i had to take the uh the flashlight from my phone and like check my throat i'm like i'm not a doctor i don't know like i what do you what do you want me to do say ah like it, it looks like it, <laughs> there's a there's an ulva there. Like I see some, like you know, the, your air, your windpipe looks good. I think you're okay. Shit, take a Nyquil. Take your ass to bed. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks to Dustin Grutza. As always, thanks to Dave Simone. Thanks to Holy Grail and Team Ticker. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.